It is I, Dracula, your greatest rival. This is episode 57 of They're All Going to Laugh at Him. I'm Alex Sprague. And I'm Jess Geyer. Isn't the quote, it is I, Van Helsing, your greatest rival? Yeah, someone wrote it into IMDb wrong, and I decided to say it like that because, uh, you know, IMDb is just a bad place to get facts. I, I really do want to put, like, a bunch of fake trivia into IMDb for I, all these movies. Th- that's something I'm going to do later. Because um, <laughs> the trivia on this one, it is just children saying stuff like, Adam Sandberg also was a cop once. And you're just like, good work. <laughs> good work, six-year-old. You've done it. Yeah, good job. Um, yeah, we watched uh, Hotel Transylvania 3. It's pretty Summer good. Vacation. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. And... I don't, I don't know how much there is to say about this one, because much like Van Helsing, Sonys and critics are trying to kill Adam Sandler. Yes, That's they are. They're little, they're, they have hit squads. It was in the Sony leagues. They're trying, like, you gotta kill this guy. Trying to erase him. Yeah. If, if you, I, I don't have a monologue for this one. It's the third Hotel Transylvania. I'm pretend I quoted Frankenstein. Well, what about this though? What if I just said like, why are we watching all sixty Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler and Jason movies every day in a row for sixty days and podcasting about it to see if Adam Sandler deserves to be struck through the heart with a wooden stake and killed? I say no. Yeah, that's that's a little far. Um, this movie was pretty good. It was pretty. I enjoyed good. it. I I think I'm on the other side of you. I think you did. You say this was your favorite of the hotel. Yeah, thing? it is. I think it's the weakest one. I think it's the strongest one. Why did you find it funnier? Uh, it's not necessarily that I found it funnier, but I found that it had a more consistent theme. Uh, the first two, uh, like the second one, for example, I liked that they were trying to teach the kid how to be a vampire and everything. I thought that was stronger than the first one. The first one I thought was pretty weak. Oh. Yeah, um, I, I I don't know. I liked the themes in the first and second one. Here's the thing is, I think it probably has a more fluid theme because I think there is less rewrites. But I think this is a half-star Sandlayer film. Why do you say it's a half-star Sandlayer film? Because it wasn't produced by Happy Madison. They took the credit out. They're saying that the Adam Sandler crew had no writing aspect in it. And had no, they basically are saying that the director wrote, directed, did everything with this, and they had no say in it. Now, we can decide now, are they lying? Yeah, they are. I've made that decision. <laughs> yeah. They're lying. Because, um, I mean, that's, like, the the director even said, I based it off the fact that I took a summer vacation and I hated it. And here, you know let me ask. Who's the director for this? It's the same one that directed other stuff. He's the Powerpuff Girls guy. He's the Samurai Jack guy. I like him. Gendy Tartansky. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who plays the uh, he plays the blob guy, Blobby. Yes. Moscow USSR raised. Uh, now they moved to Chicago when he was seven. Here's the thing. I don't believe that. I think it's a calculated move to A, get Sony away from Adam Sandler because Adam Sandler no longer 
deals with Sony. Uh-huh. But they literally cannot make another movie without him and his crew in it. Mm-hmm. But B, this movie is about, in many ways, I'm going to, spoiler alert, Nazis trying to kill Jewish people. Yeah, it's definitely about Nazis. Um, And it's either they just had a Russian guy write that story and were hiding the fact that uh, this was so far had been written entirely by like a Jewish cast or like Adam Sandler basically helped them write it. And I would say based on what we know about how Sony was angry at how often Adam Sandler and his crew would come in with like a written script and put forth too much, like got too much into Sony's business. You think they took a huge paycheck to not help? Or do you think the Jewish guy wrote a story about Nazis and kind of put that in? Um, I'm leaning more toward the latter, considering... Now, the the, the monsters don't necessarily represent Jewish people in this movie. But I think Dracula does. His, His group does. Oh, yeah, sure, yes. I mean, but monsters are more like, in this movie, certainly like... Marginalized communities. Marginalized communities, for sure. And the fact, well, we'll get into this too, all of the Helsings are blonde-haired, blue-eyed people. Yeah. Uh, They literally hunt monsters on a, like, like they hunt them down while the monsters are in hiding, like... Yeah. The... The connections are there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and there's some more. And we're going to talk about that later. But, like, I wanted to, at the top here, like, talk about this because, like, I'm seeing on, like, uh, press releases and, like, them doing, uh, what, what's it called when actors all get together and, like, talk about the movie beforehand? Like, whatever that is. The the pub. They're doing Publicity interview. tour. Thank you. Publicity. That's the word. They don't even have Adam Sandler there. Really? I think, and I, I watched an interview with Adam Sandler and uh, Brad Pitt where they were talking to each other and Adam Sandler said the best part of this is like, we don't have to do publicity tours for Netflix. So I'm thinking like, I don't think they care about the credit. I mean, that's, the whole thing was like, yeah, they make sure their whole crew's paid. But like, do you th- like Adam Sandler hasn't, I, I, I had a seven day trial to this one website I was able to see that, like, many of the Happy Madison people have been doing rewrites that are uncredited. And it doesn't matter. They, you know, they're taken care of within the company. Doesn't matter too much. Do you think they just don't care to put their name on it? It doesn't matter to them? Yeah, I mean, at this point, it doesn't. And, you know, maybe maybe there isn't any influence from the Happy Madison crew. I just, I find that Hard to believe. Very hard to believe. I mean, I don't think it's impossible to emulate their style of comedy. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Eh, this one, felt, regardless, felt, for me, felt way less corporate. Yeah. Um, I think they let, uh, is it Gendy? G-E-N-N-D-Y? I guess Gendy, probably. Gendy. The um, director. Yeah, the director. Um, I'll, I'll point out, huge fan of him. I love his work. Yeah, um, Pop of Girl, Samurai Jack is great. And it might have been easier for him to put out, because he's doing the artistic stuff and the writing at the same time, mm-hmm. add in a few jokes from the Happy Madison people. That could have worked better. And he is good at, in at least Powerpuff Girls, 
dealing with a kind of abstracted thing he's talking about. I mean, while, same thing in Samurai Jack. Uh, yeah, I actually... Samurai Jack's really good, but I think there's less of a... <laughs> there's less commentary on stuff in Samurai Jack, in my opinion. As, like, Powerpuff Girls is a better commentary on things than Samurai Jack. But, yeah, I'll hear haters about that. Um, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not super sure. I, I doubt it, though. That's, I mean, that's what it comes down to is I doubt that's what happened is that he did this all by himself. And I mean, whatever it makes, it it made like $550 million. So they probably don't care if they're getting out of it, you know, but remembering Hotel Transylvania 2, the script that Happy Madison brought to it, which was about Uh anti-corporate stuff and them doing that. They, they've already been denied the ability to do something like that. So maybe they just don't care. But also, the, the, the director tried quitting on the second and third movies, saying he didn't want to do a second, or and then he didn't want to do a third. Came back and did it probably for money, even though he says it's because he had a good idea. But when he said that, he didn't come up with the idea for the second movie. So it makes me think that it's just, you know, corporate talk. Yeah. There's got to be... Did you find any of the emails? No, no. Sony's leak was before this movie was written and made. So I know nothing about this. But, like, what we do know is he... Adam Sandler has spent three years doing Netflix movies at this point, not dealing with Sony, the people who called him asshole and repeatedly uh, talk shit about his friends and co-workers. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a... A them just going for a paycheck. I also wouldn't be surprised if Adam Sandler demanded a percentage of the movies. <laughs> Something like that. It just makes us shit ton yeah. off this. I'm just... Yeah, considering that Hotel Transylvania 2 was written by him. I, I mean, it just, I, it's just... He has such a big role in it. His kid is in it. His friends are in it. The the movie's still only about Adam Sandler, too. Yeah, it's about his character. It he is. is the star of this one. It, more so in this one than the last yes. two. And I do know uh, Pascal, that terrible person who's been fired from Sony, was the one who was trying to get it away from Adam Sandler, which I find... That was just, yeah, her, her old things. Like, it's all about Mavis and Jonathan, and that's the, like, core of the story. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, you didn't, you don't understand movies somehow. Yeah. But, you know, it also has some really lame names, uh, like Joe Jonas was in it. Chrissy Teigen played someone, and I don't yeah, even know Yeah, Chrissy who. Teigen played, crap, I don't have the, the, the thing open. But we do see some of uh, the director's influence with, like, Tara Strong is in it, who does a bunch of animated movie stuff. Crystal is the Invisible Man's girlfriend. Oh, okay. She's the Invisible Woman. Um, Catherine Hahn, though, seems more like an Adam Sandler pick. For sure, yeah. And then Jim Gaffigan's in it, and he's never done something with Adam Sandler. What is Jim Gaffigan? He's Van Helsing, the older one. Oh. Yeah. I didn't even notice. Yeah, he doesn't do a great job. No, he's not great. Um, but whatever. I can't even remember what the guy sounds like, to be honest now. 
Yeah, it's... Chris Parnell did a better Chris job. Par- Chris Parnell's <laughs> a great voice actor. It's, it's all the fish people. Yeah. So funny. Um, but we'll, we'll bump it up to a one star, and I'll try to figure out more about this. Who knows? Um, but on that note, 21 laughs throughout the movie. It was pretty good. Um, now, wait, I do have one piece of evidence that maybe he didn't have as much to do with it, and it's the fact that the puppy is not a bulldog. Yeah, it's a pug, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a pug. Anyway. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Ratings. They hated, uh, they hated it. apparently Adam Sandler's influence of making them a billion dollars. That was something that really screwed them over. Oh, yeah. I think that critics rated this movie a 40%, and I think audience rated it a 65. Uh, you're almost backwards. Fuck. Audience gave it a 48%, while critics gave it a 62 Why did the audience not like it as much? I don't get it. I, I, I like this one. I thought it was fine. Um, the second half. Here, I mean, you know what my problem with it is? Hmm. They let the Nazis survive. Yeah, I didn't like that. The end. ending sucked. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I think the 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 critics rated it higher because they started hiding Adam Sandler. And some of the negatives are very funny for this. It's a uh, zinging is a destiny, and even if it strikes one person before the other, it's still meant to be. In the real world, this translates to harassment and stalking. Right. Um. This is a movie about a Dracula that drinks blood. If in the cartoon he doesn't kill people, I think it's okay if they have true love happen when you look at someone sometimes. What a stupid critique. Yeah, absolutely. You know the the basis of the movie? I I deny it. I don't think it works. (laughs) He didn't stalk or harass her. No. He no. followed her once. Yeah, she... Because he wanted to go talk to her. Mm-hmm. Don't insult your children by letting them near this. Zero out of five. Zero. Wait. Toy Stories 3 and Cars 3, this is not. Is Cars 3 a well-respected movie? I don't... I've never seen a single Cars. All I know is um, there's nothing I've ever done in my life that is as bad as something with Larry the Cable Guy in it. I also don't like Toy Story that much, and I know that that is probably, like, that's probably my, like, most unpopular animation take, because I don't care for any of the Toy Stories. I don't like Pixar movies, so, you know, there you go. I'm not a fan of any of them. Is Toy Story uh, Pixar? Yeah, I think so. Or is it Disney? Whatever. Wally sucks too. Fuck you. I, I like shit Wally. about that robot. Up was pretty boring. Let's go cry because the old man has balloons. You don't cry because he has balloons, Alex. Yeah, it's because he lost his balloons. Whatever. He, what? <laughs> <laughs> Things for nothing. Hotel Transylvania 3. Your vampire isn't biting and neither am I. I think if you say thanks for nothing that you should be fired from your job. I agree. Um, but yeah, so... If you uh, include any puns in your movie critiques, be gone with you. Only if it's a pun they didn't say in the movie. Because they've used fangs for like nothing at one point. But yeah, interesting that he may have made a less impactful part of it. Um, I, I still don't really believe that he had nothing to do with it. 
<laughs> just knowing the history of his movies and and how often he has uncredited writers roles. Yeah. Anyway, um, um do you know what I've realized now? What? So in the audience reviews, sometimes super reviews uh, show up. And do you know who reviews just about every fucking Adam Sandler movie? Who? Jesse O. Jesse O. How many of these movies does Jesse O like? I don't really know. Let's see. What? What? Th- three out of five on this one. Now, over under a thousand words. How long is Jesse O's review of Hotel Transylvania three? Well, it was sixteen hundred for the previous one, right? Yep. No, for um, Father of the Year. Yes. So I think this one, I'm going to say it's slightly under that. Over or under 1,000? Over. Yeah, correct. 1,300 words. Oh, my. This person has some issues. I'm going to become a super reviewer. I'm going to tell everybody what I think about Adam Sandler. <laughs> the Hotel Transylvania franchise exists in a very interesting place in the Sandlerverse. God, the last word of that previous sentence got me thinking about what if all sound... Adam Sandler's live-action films take place in the same universe, and his character is just kind of like Terry O'Quinn and the stepfather, except less stabby and murdery. This person just watched Sean's... What if uh, that is Sean? Ready. <laughs> he goes <laughs> by a pseudonym. Sean has a pseudonym. Like, fuck you, Sean. Fuck um, you for this. No, this person does not have... Uh, the... Ooh, their reading level went down. They're no longer 9th and 10th. Whoops. But yeah. It's a bad review. Uh, I just find it very funny. Uh, some people review so many movies, yet don't ever see the point of the movie. And that's that's what weirds me out. I mean, again, people are so often... I, I mean, I have two people I'm going to blame. Two, two things I'm going to blame. Mm-hmm. Number one, I'm going to blame Red Letter Media. Yeah. Number two, I'm going to blame CinemaSins. Yeah, I forgot what you're saying. Um, and I actually, uh, I listened last night to the, uh, a charity gathering of the Cracked After Hours crew, mm-hmm. um, which they did an interesting thing where they would try to revisit media and try to have a different take yeah, of it. Yeah, and I, I like what they do with um, those. Yeah. And where Daniel, they, like, really deep dive into something. Yeah, and Daniel O'Brien had a good point where he says, I think we're a part of this and I don't like it, but... That watching media in order to critique it in a negative way um, and try to tear it down uh, is bad. And it's it doesn't do anything good for anyone. And I think people never realize that I can watch Ninja Turtles 20 times and finally come up with a why it's exactly like Sex of the City and, you know, some nonsense. It's not me saying... It's formulaic, therefore it's bad. It's me saying, after 20 watches, I start seeing stuff that maybe even the people who made the movie aren't intending. It's stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and the that kind of take isn't a bad thing. It's an interesting thing. And the idea that, oh, it's formulaic. Like, take a uh, point off. Ding, I'm CinemaSins. I'm bad at making stuff. Um I- like, that's, that's a bad way to look at movies, is I, on a point scale, basically. Also, like, I do a lot of book reviews, mm-hmm. um, just because, you know, I, re- I read quite a bit, and 
you know, I have a Goodreads account and everything. And first, did I ever tell you why I don't go on Goodreads anymore? No. It just, I turn it on, something's wrong with my account, and it just constantly refreshes and reloads, like, as fast as it can. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> that hates you. I, I had, like, 1,100 books reviewed on there before it shut down. What did you do? I don't know. I broke Goodreads. Um. Anyway, like, the approach that people take to reviewing books is so much different than the approach people take to reviewing movies. Mm -hmm. When it comes to reviewing books, you're looking so much more at the text and you're looking more at like the storytelling techniques and you're looking more at the themes. When people start reviewing movies, for some reason they start reviewing the plot and they start reviewing stuff that doesn't, yes, stuff that does matter for the art of a movie but is not more important than stuff like the techniques of the of the storytelling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, I reviewed a book that I read earlier this year um, that I didn't like at all because the it was a mystery and the ending was not foreshadowed at all. Like, that's not fun. It's a yeah. murder mystery and you can't figure out who the person is because they just bring out this random backstory at the very end. That's 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 bad. It it ruins any kind of theme that you would have had in the beginning because it's just going to... It's like putting a wall in between you and, and everything else there. That's different than saying this specific thing didn't make sense or oh, Adam Taylor doing the voice again. Like, it's different. Yeah, and if someone said... I. So, I'm, I think we're going to get really into this in uh, episode 61 when we kind of do our final takes, uh, the whole Sandler series. Yeah. But I I have been learning more and more about like theater and script writing and, and stuff like this. And the idea of, of this movie is bad because it has Adam Sandler doing one of those goofy voices doesn't work for me anymore. No. You need something better than that. If it's annoying to you, it's not for you. And I think uh, the idea of rating something out of 10 instead of saying like, no, that movie's not for me. This is. It's like uh, Breaking Bad. It's not for me. I understand it's good. And I I know every time I say this, someone's like, well, like if you get past the first few episodes, I'm like, yeah, I did. I got past four, first few episodes and it still sucks because it's about a bunch of shitty people and I don't watch things where everyone's shitty. Like, that's not fun for me. Um, the Godfather is also bad, in my opinion. <laughs> you know, like, there you go. Whereas The Wire, actually really good. Um, <laughs> but anyway, like, what they're doing, though, character comes out, he has a bit of a weird voice. You know he's an outcast. It's a trope. It's like, uh, how, didn't they do this in, what kind of theater did they have it where they'd come out with a mask on and you knew who the character was um... because they always followed that trope? Is it Teatro dell'arte? I don't know. It's not on those lines. Um, but you you come out with the voice and you go, that person probably doesn't fit into normal society nor well. They're they're some kind of marginalized underdog. I understand where the story starts. Otherwise, you have to have a scene where it shows they're the underdog. And I mean, some people could call it lazy. I I think it just. Let's us get into the story better. Commedia dell'arte. Comedia dell'arte. It's del very arte. close. 
Uh, but yeah, yeah, I agree with you with that. And and maybe maybe that's your critique that they shouldn't be relying on on those tropes and they should let the audience use their brains a little bit more. But then at the same time, some of these movies that don't do that, they also get shit on for yeah, people uh, aren't reading into subtleties. Well, well, I mean, they're doing the heavy lifting of saying, look at this underdog character. Look there in this situation. We're going to do something th- like in the thematic. This is about class representation. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many times my middle class, upper middle class friends who fucking love Happy Gilmore have ever realized it's about how the upper class keeps down poor people. Is it no times? Is it zero times? It's zero times. And I've mentioned it to them now, especially my friends who golf. And then they're like, "Eh, weird. Like the entire thing is about the inability for the lower class to make money as easily as the upper class. Do you want me to review, uh, to recap the plot? Yeah, let's recap the plot. We need to save up this rant for later. I don't think we do though. Um, (laughs) <laughs> because the plot of this movie doesn't really matter that no. much to them. Uh, uh, the movie starts off with a flashback to 1897 before the hotel was built, uh, where Abraham Van Helsing is hunting the monsters down. Um, the the monsters, meaning the the adult monsters, Adam Sandler's friends, swearing to kill them all. Uh, however, Drac keeps beating him easily. In the present. Drag is feeling a little lonely, and Mavis feels like they don't spend enough time together as a family, especially now that she's helping with the hotel. So she decides to purchase a vacation for the whole crew so they can get away from it all. It is a cruise from the Bermuda Triangle to the lost monster city of Atlantis. Drak ends up zinging with Captain Erica, played by Catherine Hahn, which he didn't think was possible because you can only zing once, and he already did with his late wife. However, Captain Erica is actually the great-granddaughter of Van Helsing, and she has been taught to hate Dracula. Van Helsing is still alive, kept together via horrendous machinery, and the two of them have a plan to find a, quote, instrument of destruction at Atlantis and kill all the monsters once and for all, because uh, Van Helsing realized that a human cannot defeat a monster. He makes Erica promise not to try and kill Dracula and to just follow the plan, but she still tries. Dracula... However, is blissfully unaware of the plot to kill him, and his friends overhear Erica talking about how she wants to get him, and think it means that she zinged too. So he invites her on a date, and she agrees. However, Drac doesn't want to tell Mavis about this yet. Um, he doesn't really know how she's going to take it. Uh, on the date, Erica tries to poison Dracula by putting garlic in their shared guacamole, but all this does is make him fart. And he talks about how he hasn't had a date since his wife died. She talks about how her mom is gone and she was raised by her great-grandfather. And it looks like they're about to kiss when Mavis interrupts. And she's mad because he says that he was having a work meeting with Erica. And the vacation, according to her, was supposed to be about family time. Uh, It also seems like Erica is developing feelings for Dracula too, but she's still working with her great-grandfather. When the crews arrives at Atlantis, they're greeted by a happy singing Kraken. Played by Joe Jonas. <laughs> Erica sneaks off to find the instrument of destruction. And Dracula follows her. Um, he needs to talk to her and he's going to talk to Mavis. And Mavis follows him because she's wondering why he's acting so weird. 
Dracula saves Erica's life in a deadly tango as she triggers traps up to the instrument and then saves her life again while uh, when she takes like the little statue thing and causes the ruins to collapse. And as she's taking an axe out of his head, one of the traps was like an axe throwing trap, Mavis sees this and thinks that she's trying to hurt him, so she uses her magic on her. But Drac explains that he zinged, and he tells Erica what that means, and she says that she could never be with a monster, and leaves. Uh, Erica brings the instrument of destruction to her great-grandfather, and they lure all the monsters to a dance on an island platform. Jonathan uh, is jealous of the DJ in a show, because um, he's also a DJ. And all the monsters party and have fun, except Drac, who dances sad. It's very funny. I laughed several times watching him dance. It really reminded me of the the scene in Fifty First Dates where he's cry singing. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Stuff. Uh, one of the best scenes. Uh, Mavis and Jonathan talk about how the zing doesn't lie, uh, so she convinces her dad to find Erica and talk to her. And he said uh, she said that she was just worried that he was she was going to lose him. Uh, but Van Helsing takes over the DJ booth and reveals his plans, and that Erica his, is his great granddaughter. And then he opens the instrument of destruction. There's sheet music inside. And he plays a song that awakens the Kraken and makes the Kraken rage and destroy things. But Erica changes sides to help the monsters. And um, Van Helsing immediately turns on her. Drac and Jonathan use the power of positive vibes in music to calm the Kraken down. And eventually they win. Van Helsing offers everyone a full refund, realizing what he's done is wrong. Uh, and back home, Dracula proposes to Erica, and she says yes. They've both zinged. The end. I didn't mention anything about the dog, Tinkles. Yeah. Although he is my favorite part of this movie, next to Blobby, who is my also part, favorite part of this movie. Uh, yeah. Blobby, the best character in this whole franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, he vomits, and this vomit creates a new baby, and he also makes a dog out of his own body. Uh, he has the best powers. And uh, Tinkles the dog, um, Dennis, and Winnie, they're the two kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they dress Tinkles up like a, a person. Like yeah, they, they just give a, him an a, overcoat and a hat. He's a giant dog. He's huge. They give him an overcoat and a hat, and they call him Bob. And apparently the dog can say, hi, Bob. Yeah, they act like he's not a monster, but I think he's supposed to be like a Cerebus of some, or some sort. Yeah, he's something. Because um, he is him. giant. Um, I absolutely love him. He's so yeah, he's cute. Can I talk one thing about the dog? I was looking up the music that's played. So they play three songs at the end. They play first, Good Vibrations. Then they play Don't Worry, Be Happy. And then they play the Macarena. Those are like the three positive vibe songs. <laughs> Apparently, Good Vibrations was made because the writer's mom believed that, um, like, there were good and bad vibrations in the world, and dogs would sense and bark at people who gave off bad vibrations. And throughout this whole movie, Tinkles the dog kept barking where Van Helsing was. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that that was really cute. What a, Like, they did some research, you can tell. Uh, and I think that they actually did a little bit, I mean... The, the Transylvania series in general, I love all their monster references. 
they fly on Gremlin Airlines to the their, uh, to the ship to Bermuda Triangle. This is a German Gremlins, not the movie Gremlins. Yes, yeah. uh, and Gremlins are like supposed to be those creatures that break things on sh- on, on airplanes. Yeah. So I thought it was really funny and cute, and like the whole plane is all janky and stuff. I love that. And I, there's a chupacabra reference. It's it's very funny. I, I read one review that just said. Uh, they decided to go on Gremlin Airline and didn't advance the plot at all. Yeah, they did. They had multiple s- sections where the daughter was saying stuff that was just exposition. Yeah, and it also showed that the kid snuck the dog. Yeah. Like, plus it was fun. I like what they did with the animation in this one. Because I had felt, I don't know, almost cheated out of animation in the previous two. Like, there's so much cool stuff you could do with monsters and stuff. Yeah, they definitely explored that more. I yeah. I thought that was good. It was the best-looking movie, for sure. It was It was certainly best-looking. I loved how they rendered the the Bermuda Triangle. Totally. It's like an actual triangle where the water's, like, spilling in, and there's a stack of ships. It's really cool. Yeah. And how they do Atlantis is really neat, and the Kraken can be really scary. I liked it. Yeah, um, that part is all good. Um, I want to talk about my big problem with the movie, though. Sure. So, the bad guys are Nazis. It's referenced multiple times, basically. Um, I'm not saying it because they're German. It's because they're blonde-eyed... All right, sorry, blonde-haired, blue-eyed people (laughs) trying to eradicate a people. Yeah, they literally try to commit genocide. Yep. Um, There is this... This is a a more sci-fi-ish reference. But Van Helsing starts changing his body out with robot parts and stuff, um, yeah. becoming not human himself, um, which is a trope in Nazi sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, they specifically, when having the final fight, have a Indiana Jones stinger when the dog loses his hat, Indiana Jones being someone famous for fighting Nazis. Um, and they set that up as a you know direct reference to Indiana Jones. Um, I mean, there's another reference to Indiana Jones, too, when they when she takes the instrument of destruction and then everything starts crumbling. I mean, that's just a trope in general. But I think that that whole spelunking scene was certainly supposed to be a reference to Indiana Jones. Hmm. I'd agree. But um, so they have a 180 year old Nazi, a 187 uh, and then a young woman who's been. Uh, taught extremism her entire life. They make it a point to say that just like you taught me, she yes. said, like several times. I was raised this way. I was raised to hate these people. Um, I have a good line on that. Um, it's all I've ever known. Mm-hmm. I am. I am okay with. Throughout the movie, she sees Drac hang out with his family. She thinks it's cute. She sees how. Dracula is a normal person who talks to her in a normal way and is generally endearing and she becomes de-radicalized through friendship and, you know, eventually love and stuff. It's a fine story and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. You can't let Abraham Van Helsing give them some money back and no longer be in trouble for attempting to genocide people. Yeah. It's... I understand it's a kid's movie. Uh-huh. You can't do a... You can't have a Nazi in your movie unless they get punished. They should have, like, left him in Atlantis. Yeah, that... There you go. Leave him in Atlantis without a boat. He still can With handle. all the monsters. Yeah. Whatever. 
Like all the fish people. Yeah. Um, that, that part really struck a sour note at the end there. And I think that's took most of, that's what most of my points off are for. Yeah. And it felt kind of thrown together at that very end point too. Yeah. Like, it's so weird. I don't think that they were trying to make a bigger point about that either. Like you could say that it was a point about how people can be pacified by capitalism to no, it was. But it wasn't I don't. Point. I don't think that it. There was it a was point the movie it. had to end, and then the next scene where Drake, uh, you know, proposes to Erica was pretty badly done. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Um, they didn't. Even, they don't need to even get married. Um, that's a Sony thing for oh, sure. Is yeah. you can't have them in a relationship. They have to be married. Yeah, that's that's a family values bullshit thing. Yeah, but yeah, that that struck me badly. But they did well in it to show um, uh, Nazis are bad and evil and pretend to be nice to people when they meet them in order to, you know, put them in a bad situation. Yeah. Um, I also kind of didn't like Mavis being kind of gaslit through the thing because she hated Erica, but for no real reason, but she was a Nazi. So it's okay for her to hate her. So I was like, uh. They set some stuff up too. That should have made it better for her because, like, she captures a picture and she sees yeah a little like, but that never she she finds the garlic and the guacamole. She should have like had more suspicions that Erica was trying to hurt them. She should have brought it up to Drac and Drac should have like shut her down about it. Yeah. Like something like that should have happened, and I feel like they were setting it up for that, and then they just never followed through. I th- I think. That's evidence to me of a little Sony corporatism leaking into the thing. Because mm-hmm. if you have a scene where she's like, I have this picture. Erica was watching us when we were swimming. She put garlic, uh, like there's extra garlic in the guacamole. And now she's getting an heirloom. Like she's out to hurt us. She's doing something bad. And then Drac, who had a fear of humans, um, could either... Take the, the yes, I have to be safe. Humans are bad. And he goes too far in the other direction. Or says like, no, not all humans are bad. And I'm sorry I taught you that way. You're seeing things that aren't there. Like, either, either of those two things yeah, would have been better. Um, but they, they, they fell short on that. Um, but, you know, how, how deep can you go with the... The Nazi stuff in a kids movie. That's true. Yeah. Another thing I didn't really like all that much was although the Kraken song was a it slapped. Mm-hmm. I didn't like how it was like a battle of music at the end. Uh yeah. Th- so why liked less than that too is that the two humans saved the day. Erica and Jonathan. Well, yeah. Drag helps too, but yeah, it's the no, two humans. No, he doesn't. He, he Drac uses his magic. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, it, that part's pretty lame in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially like the songs that they pick. I get why they pick those songs. So, like I said before, it was good by vibrations. Good vibrations make sense because of like they set that up. Actually, I think yeah. they set that up pretty well. And then, don't worry, be happy. I I don't like that choice. Me neither. Um, I think it's a bad it's a bad choice. Like. What they should have done is brought back. I know this is my bias coming into it, but they played Enya for a second 
uh, on a commercial earlier. Uh, the they play, sail yeah. away, sail away, sail away. What they should have done is bring back Enya, I think. Because if you're doing a positive sounding song, that would have worked well. And then Drac would be like, this is the worst song I've ever heard. Like, something like that. Or like, you can't have a song with no energy in it. And, you know. Do, do a joke like that. You just want Enya in it. It would have well, been a 10 out of 10 movie for you if they won the day via Enya. Yeah. Um, I was even saying that wins the day. Um, and then the Macarena is obviously a thing to for the kids to dance to. Yeah. Um, although they they explained it well enough that it's it gets stuck in your head. So for Don't Worry, Be Happy, Dracula like judges Jonathan for this choice. But Jonathan says, what? It has a good message. And... I want, like, on the Wikipedia page for the song, it says that George Carlin said that the song's message was, quote, exactly the kind of mindless philosophy that Americans would respond to. <laughs> and I think that that's really funny and good. Um, but, yeah, they could have picked, like, anything. And those are the three that they picked? Yeah. Um, I don't hate it. Uh Honestly, the, the middle one is the one that really doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Um, but there is something to be said about music's role in fighting against fascism, mm-hmm. which is basically what's happening there. Um, I don't know if we explained this well enough, but Van Helsing is mind-controlling the Kraken to kill everyone. Yeah, with a that. song, with a special song. Yeah, EDM music, um, which started in Germany, so... Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, the Nazi regime also had this really weird relationship with music too. Mm-hmm. Like they obsessed over German-made music because, of course, everything German had to be the best. Yeah. And they didn't want to be like degenerate with the other, inf- like other music. Yeah. Which is a stupid ideology. Yes, but I I know. I'm sorry, but EDM started in Germany, not Detroit. I know Detroit people get really upset about that, but like, if you look at the timeline, guys, it was German, um, and uh, just like cars, yeah. <laughs> I don't actually know, but no, I don't think that's true. But it's funny. So music has always been good at taking down and making messages of anti-fascism and stuff like oh, that. Yeah, um, and I like that as an idea. I don't know if they meant to do that as an idea, and I don't, I don't think, think so. they succeeded if they meant to. I don't think that they meant to. Con- I think that this is supposed to be a continuation of the other Hotel Transylvanias, where there's always, like, some weird music thing going on. Mm-hmm. It feels like it always ends in a dance party. Yeah, they do that on purpose. But and It's because it's a kid's movie. But I, what that does is that it takes the bite out of the message. They could have done something better and more thematic. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, because when they played Good Vibrations, I was like, this is a really good scene. I really like this. Mm-hmm. Um, because even uh, it was, I was just mentioning this earlier to you. I'm trying to remember it was. There's argument by people. I want to say it was Chuck Klosterman again. That the biggest, it's like a quote from someone that though, I think actually, that the number one advertisement for capitalism is rock and roll music. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's true without a doubt. That is, that spread the, the go America and capitalism is great better than anything that ever has existed. And the idea of using 
Good Vibrations is Beach Boys, right? Yes. Using such a, a seminal early rock band to break someone of uh, a fascist mind control is great. I love that idea. Mm-hmm. But then Don't Worry Be Happy sucks. Don't use that one. And Macarena I, I, I'm okay with, but like, I what, what song do you have play here in a kid's movie? That breaks someone of uh, fascist mind control. What's the best song for that? I don't know, but I feel like you have an answer. I'm not 100% sure. Um, I was really worried that they were going to play the Pharrell song, Happy. uh, I was, like, dreading that moment. I don't know, but what they could have done, too, like... They could have had, like, a special monster song... I mean, Drac had done a lot of music. Like, he'd sung yeah, th- songs. This is the first like, one they don't have a uh, original song in. Either. Yeah. I would have done Sail Away by Sticks. Yeah, that's good. That's pretty that, good. That would have been better. You know what would be really fun to do, though? What? Is to re-edit this movie and, like, add a different song to the movie. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> you know what it should have been is, like, Killing in the Name of. If if you ended it with fucking just rage against the machine <laughs> as four monsters, even it would be hilarious to make them like robots of some sort. Just just start like going really hard, and the Kraken just like rips Van Helsing's head off. Yeah, that's our rated R version of this movie. I I want a re-edit of that. That would be good. That would be pretty good. I um I am just a sucker for giant octopi squid things so i really like that scene just like watching it like i said i think that they did a really good job with um with the animation in this one it was it was more visually impressive and and they they did some more fun stuff with it it wasn't really i liked that this one took it in that direction um with a little bit more teeth into the message of discrimination and bigotry and this like this time like actual literal genocide because mm-hmm. it seems like that would have been something more natural i feel like if this had been the first movie it would have made i guess it wouldn't have been that great because you know yeah. jonathan and what's her face to get made this together but this felt like it it felt very natural for where the franchise was going yeah i agree and they gave me a puppy, and I was happy for that. Yeah. And, and Blobber is a good dude. Yeah, um, he's very good. It's just really been doing it. Um, other than that, there is a good bit where uh, back on my thing about corporatism taking over marginalized spaces and like using it to advertise. Mm-hmm. Um, the cruise line is run by fascists faking it to kill the monsters. That's literally the point of this business. Um, is to pretend they're friends with them and then kill them. And Erica you reuses uh, and edits the phrase, we're here, we're queer, get used to it, to monsters. Um, and it's, we're here, we're feared, and then something, I think, cruise-related. But I was like, that's that's interesting that they're, they're keeping that, you know, slogan in slightly changed for people to pick up on. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I, that's definitely not a coincidence. Oh, All three no. movies have it. And I think if we're uh, ready to end, I have the perfect three song lineup. 
Well, I was going to say okay. one more thing. Like, there are two other slight themes in this. Like, one is the ability to find love after you've lost someone who you thought was the love of your life. I think that that was interesting. It's not worth a huge discussion on. And the other one is this idea of legacy and looking to the past. Like, there's a line in the movie about, like, how, like, yes, this is your past, but we're going to create a future together. Mm-hmm. And don't really like that, because they said something like honoring the past. And you don't want to honor your Nazi ancestry. <laughs> like, yes, you should recognize it and use that to to grow. Like, not use it to grow, but, you know, to yeah. grow away from I will that. say, Dracula says that, though. Yes, and she's, that is he, before he realizes yeah. that she's a Helsing. Says we have to honor the past... But we get to make our own future. Um, yeah. Which makes sense from his point of view. Mm-hmm. But from her. Uh, whereas she, when she sees uh, <laughs> Dracula in a good light, starts repeating herself. Remember, Dracula bad, Dracula bad. Yeah. Uh, which is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, the whole ship is called, the ship's name is Legacy too. Yeah, yeah. Legacy like, I mean, is supposed to be. Elite. But it's, it's not really like. That and it's the, just more subtle, I guess. It's not really, like, dwelt on or discussed in the movie all that much. I mean, it isn't. Uh, I also don't think it makes sense as a thing because Dracula says, I thought I would pass well, but he, he's, already, he's had kids that are not, uh, like, his family's already mixed or whatever. You know, <laughs> he's, he's not a straight up uh, Dracula anymore. His family isn't, he's already changing the future. Yeah. Um, and he thinks that that is a good thing. It's really a line just thrown in there to be like, you don't have to be a Nazi, but I don't know you're a Nazi yet. Um, yeah. It's kind of just a lame line. Anyway, what's your best three song lineup? You stay with good vibrations. I think that was a good pick. Second one, Jonathan goes, This one's for you, big man. Points to the Kraken. And then you hear the and it's Ocean Man. Of course. Come on, that kids would love Ocean Man. They and would definitely love Ocean I, Man. I assume children love the song Ocean Man, as I love the song Ocean Man. It's it's um, like the song. I think it's unironically cool. I am in a small niche subreddit um, with, I think, 130 members <laughs> called Ocean Man, and we post Ocean Man-related stuff. Guys, um, I'm dreading this right now because every time Alex is reminded that the song Ocean Man exists, I have to listen to it, like, for the next week straight. He will not stop. I, I wrote an episode of a podcast about the song Ocean Man. Making it an eldritch horror. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying. Um, It's really good. And the best part about it is <laughs> that I wrote it while listening to Ocean Man on repeat for, like, six or seven hours. And... I got in there. So you understand the kind of masochism and sadism that Alex enjoys. Yes. Um, And then there's, uh, we end it with uh, I'm free as a bird. I only know the fish version of the song. Free bird. Fuck. Why couldn't I remember the name of free bird? Gotcha. I was thinking of the fish version, which is the part I grew up with because I grew up in Vermont. Um, <laughs> they do an acoustic version. It's Everyone like listens Vermont's to it. It's a different country. 
I mean, sometimes. The culture there is so different from I, here. I, I, all I'm saying is I see the shit you all do here in Michigan. Vermont's a bit of a different country. Yeah. I know. That, you guys are weird. That foreigners. chocolate crust you put on your ice cream is disgusting. You're so wrong about that. You're wrong about Superman ice cream. tastes like chemicals. You taste like chemicals. All right. Um, as we end up, I, I have... An invention that Jessica hates. I want to bring it up one more time. Um, if you've been to the Midwest, you know about this chocolate that instantly solidifies. And we can use this technology with cheese inside of a breadstick and put soup inside there and have a soupy breadstick on the go. You can eat it anywhere. It doesn't take a make bike, sense. Drink a little soup. The, take more bites. The chocolate technology relies on the chocolate contacting with the cold substance and freezing. It doesn't work when you put hot soup in a breadstick. Mozzarella cheese can hold its... Chocolate is a solid. Why do you want... Alex, chocolate can be a liquid. All right, so we get a, a cheese... That solidifies pretty well. It's, in, in the hot soup? It's it's entirely possible, everyone. It's not possible. I just need... He's wrong. Whatever, it's not how cheese works. Whatever fucking chemical is making this chocolate solid so it's quick. It's just chocolate. It's, it's not, just a thin layer of chocolate. And why is it always fucking tastes like plastic? Alex, you know you can buy this stuff, like, at our grocery store? Yeah. It tastes disgusting. You can find our podcast. What are we watching tomorrow? Uncut Gems. The breadstick thing won't work. <laughs> it fucking will. You give me that plastic chemical they put in the it's chocolate not, and I can do it. It's just chocolate. It's just chocolate. It's just a thin layer of chocolate. Then how do they do it with the cherry stuff? What cherry stuff? They have the cherry dipper too. It's just cherry flavored chocolate. <laughs> you're, you're, you're saying they got solid cordials in there? I don't know how to explain to you. <laughs> if it's just The chemical chocolate. is not a chemical that just turns solid. It relies upon the coldness of the ice cream. Yeah, it's going to be in the freezer. And then you just heat it up and it'll, you got time. It'll get soggy eventually. But for a while, you got a buffer with a, a nice dense bread and some cheese. If it's it, just chocolate, why does it taste so fucking bad? Answer me that, Michigan. It doesn't taste bad. He's wrong about that. I Your ice cream's know. also bad. I'm sorry. Why don't you guys go get two Jewish men to start a great ice cream company in your state that relies on texture over your nasty colors? There are no cows in Vermont. There's no room for a cow in Vermont. We have more cows than people. It's because you have no people. There are no people there. Yeah, I can't prove there's anyone there. I think my mom's I, you, there. You know what you guys are doing? You're you're milking the members of fish. That's where you get your ice cream. <laughs> I'm done talking about this. His breadstick idea won't work. Now he's just like lashing out at Michigan. You can find our podcast at Laugh at Him Pod on Twitter. Uh, after this podcast is over, it is going to be an exclusive Vermont hate Michigan love podcast. <laughs> I don't like, I can see you're still thinking about the breadstick. I need you to stop. Yeah, we normally are in the same room, so she normally can't tell when I'm just thinking about stuff. You can also find our games at wannabegames.com. We don't really have 
We have a road trip RPG. Yeah. But honestly, if we we want to make a road trip RPG. It, it's not it's not super there. It's not the best. It's not I our best admit. work. I really want a good road trip game though, guys. If you got a good idea, hit me with it. I'll make the game. I just yeah, it's hard. It's rough. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard one. I want huh? some spy stuff. It just didn't work. I made a good spy game. Yes, you did. It's called This Message Will Self Destruct. You can buy it for $2 on our uh, itch page, wannabegames.itch.io. Uh, but you can also just buy Moonpunk. It's $15. Buy that. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash wannabegames. But instead, give your money to um, bail projects in Portland right now or, you know, throughout the country. That's fine, too. Or the ACLU, you know. Just something that will protect our human rights since we apparently live in a fascist country now. And you can also help us out by rating and reviewing our podcast and sharing it with your friends. Tell them that Alex hates Michigan and and get in a fight over whose state is the best. Um, And the thing I'm going to do once my computer's back... We'll, we'll get everyone involved in this. It'll be a good time. I, before this podcast will do- is done, am going to hold the world record speed run in a Hotel Transylvania 3 the video game, Monsters Overboard. Which might be a going overboard reference. It might if be. this was on a cruise, going overboard's on a cruise. Who knows? Uh, you can find me tweeting about stuff at Joska. And you can see me tweeting about Trey Anastasio's sweet cream at Kitty Crusade. What? He's a member of Fish. Learn more about Fish, why don't you? No. Take my wife, please. 